0: When I first entered seminary, I had a conversation. I remember it clearly and vividly with my spiritual director about several unexpected trials that paralleled my discernment and my decision to be a priest. They were oddly Tragic things, things that I'd never even heard of, especially in my own family, like my father fell off of a ladder and broke both of his arms that resulted in 16 surgeries. My sister lost a set of twins at birth. And my same time, my younger brother broke his arm too. Three broken arms in one house. There were financial challenges, things that my family had never experienced. And I remember being angry about all that. God should have been nicer to me as I discerned lifelong service in the church, right? And this priest said something that stuck with me and has stuck with me throughout the years. And it really made me think. That is, he said, Jesus came to comfort the afflicted, but to afflict the comfortable as well. I've said that many times in my ministry. Sometimes in my life, I have been afflicted, the death of a loved one or perhaps a trial, a period of loneliness or stress, when my faith was a comfort and it guided me. That is, I was too comfortable and naive, though, in those moments. And affliction molded me and shaped me and brought me more substantive questions about who I was supposed to be as a human being and the meaning of life and discipleship. Yet looking back now, I can see how that affliction was sometimes a blessing. We are listening again this weekend to the Sermon on the Plain from St. Luke's Gospel. It is one of the greatest sermons ever given, and it is most definitely a sermon about afflicting those who are comfortable, challenging us and stretching us and molding us to spiritual greatness when we respond. Jesus started this section of the, of the parable first with the Beatitudes. That was what we heard two weeks ago. And in a sentence, Jesus said to those who are blessed that they are blessed because they put God first over, and, and his kingdom first over the things of this earth. Last week, we were challenged to love our enemies, to pray for our persecutors, to do good for those who persecute us, to turn the other cheek and to walk an extra mile out of love, even for someone who doesn't love us back. That's hard stuff. That is stretching. That is afflicting the comfortable. Again, today, we see how timeless Jesus' guidance really is. Jesus has three central teachings that coincide with three biblical images. Blind guides, a speck in the eye, and fruit-bearing trees. First, Jesus asks, can a blind person really guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit. Jesus is focusing on our need as human beings to be mentored and guided. Often we need an interpreter when we don't understand the crazy world in which we live and the suffering that we sometimes endure. But not all guides are created equally. Pre-GPS, I often gave sloppy directions to lost people. I'm terrible with directions. I'm sure I made their journeys worse instead of better. And it's annoying when a guide lets us down because of a lack of knowledge or the ability to lead or even the humility to simply say, I'm sorry, I don't know. And it's the same principle in the spiritual life. That is, to be a guide We have to know the destination, and we have to know how to get there. And in reality, Jesus is our ultimate guide. He once reminded us that I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is our guide on our pilgrim way. And he also said a disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully qualified will be like the teacher. This is why we pray for leaders of all kinds that those who lead us may do so in a godly way, the pope, the bishops, priests, sisters, deacons, our parish staff, parents, teachers, politicians, and spiritual companions, that they remain faithful to God, to Jesus as our guide, and to what they received from the master. Sadly, as we know, so few people look to God, look to Jesus as their guide today. Instead, we are often attracted by bright cultural lights that in the scheme of the eternity of God come and go quickly. Politicians, entertainers, singers, self-help gurus, and the like. Often, these are the blind guides of our day, rudderless human beings that lack God's truth and send messages that money, adulation, and power are the greatest signs of success. So, Jesus is challenging us today to ask, who do we follow? Do we follow Christ, even when he's leading us through dark, to some, through the darkness to some dark, distant, unknown place? Do we follow Christ when we don't understand a particular teaching, like love your enemies? When we are in need of encouragement, do we choose mentors that are faithful and who point us to God and his son, Jesus Christ? Likewise... Have we learned from the master, and having learned from him, do we mentor those who are also lost and forsaken? As men and women of faith, we all have to be those guys. Secondly, Jesus says, why do you see the speck in your own neighbor's eye, but don't notice the plank or the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. You know We live in a critical age. The anonymity of social media has not served us well, as we can easily comment on everybody's flaws and the privacy of our family room on our laptops, phones, and c- computers. We have proven that we can be a vicious people. Seldom, however, do we turn the light on ourselves today, which should lead us to repentance and an authentic change of life. This is what Jesus is calling us to do today. Sometimes the scripture passage is often misinterpreted, though. Some use this passage to silence themselves, the fraternal correction to which Jesus calls each of us as his followers. We say, don't criticize. Don't criticize. I'm not the judge. We're no better than anybody else. Just live and let live. But was that what Jesus really said? I don't think so. Jesus does not say, don't challenge anyone else who is doing something wrong. That would be inconsistent with loving others. If someone is having an affair, for example, it is not loving to ignore the sin. We are called to speak the truth in love, to call people higher who are lost and in the shadow of death. Jesus says that first, however, we need to take the plank out of our own eye. That is, our own conversion precedes the correction of others. But Jesus knows that most of the time, the reason why we start criticizing others, the reason why we start noticing all the the, the flaws of others is because we don't have the gut sometimes to look into the mirror and see our own. More often than not, our critical attitudes stem from the fact that we are not at peace with ourselves. I was taught that once when I was being overly critical that the first thing I should do is examine my own conscience to see whether everything is right in my own life. And this is what Jesus calls us to as well. He wants to take the speck out of our own, or the plank out of our own eye so that we can clearly see, so that we can help others who are lost. And finally, Jesus uses the image of bearing fruit. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is known by its fruit. Jesus speaks very commonsensically here. That is, to to see who a person is, you observe not what he says or she says, but how he or she acts. Someone can say that he has great faith, but what does he do? Does he love as Jesus loved? I have a friend that is constantly convinced that he lacks faith, but he is constantly producing good fruits, deeds of love and encouragement of others in faith. That says to me that that person is holy, that that comes from the Lord. So the lesson for us today is to focus on the tree, not the fruit. Sometimes we have to cultivate our tree of life and fertilize and water and prune so that eventually we, in fact, will bear fruit ourselves. We cultivate our hearts by prayer and going to confession and going to the Eucharist and Adoration Chapel and good works. This is a great thing for us to be pondering because in a few days we begin the Lenten season. Great times to cultivate The soil of our souls. All three of these images go together, and Jesus calls all of us first to follow him as our guide, and then look within and remove the planks in our sight that prevent us from seeing him. And then, having removed sin from our eyes, he calls us to guide others, pointing to him and bearing fruits and acts of love, helping people by our patient and loving example to remove the specks from their eyes that prevent them from seeing Jesus. As Mary once said at the wedding feast of Cana, some great advice as we ponder the Sermon on the Plain, that is, do whatever he tells you. It is the way to happiness in this life and in the next.